from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. Uh, that's the biggest stage. and This is the moment it really yeah, counts. Yeah. She knew she was going to make this Olympic team. Yes? I think yes. However, in, in most of these cases, the athletes don't want to say, well, of course, I knew I was going to. She's a, she's a really, uh, she's quite humble as a, as a competitor. Very, very meticulous. Very, very interested in performing at her best. I'm Sarah Fenske. Over the weekend, tens of thousands of gymnastics enthusiasts traveled to the Dome for the U.S. Olympic trials. On the floor, the very best gymnasts in the country. At stake, just 10 slots for men and 10 for women. And the energy in the room was palpable. Let's listen as the announcer introduces Missouri-based competitor Kara Eaker and one other gymnast you may have heard of, or shall we say he tries to introduce that gymnast over the crowd's deafening cheers. And that is the announcer last night letting the crowd know world champion Simone Biles was in the house. And it wasn't just in the beginning introductions that the crowd went wild. Every tumbling pass, every apparatus, they went crazy. Here's just one example from last night. Last night's attendance was 20,815 people. That broke the previous record for any one session at a U.S. Olympic gymnastic trial event. And St. Louis Public Radio reporter Eric Schmid was there, and he joins us today with all the highlights. Eric, welcome. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Eric, so just how intense was the energy at the Dome last night? In one word, it was electric. I mean, the... People who were in the stands were cheering so loud for every gymnast. And every single time there was a landing, every single time there was a a routine finish, the crowd erupted. They were very, very into it. That might have been because this is like the first event, a real big sporting event to happen uh, post-coronavirus restrictions and all of the lockdowns and not letting people attend. So people were really, really into it. It actually, from a radio reporter perspective, it was very hard to record because they were so loud. All of the audio clips I was get I was getting, they just kept on peaking, going over, and not sounding great. That's how loud they were. It 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 kind of it made me uh, sad that the Rams are no longer in St. Louis because it. I, I imagine that's what games were like in that same venue. I mean, with the Rams performing, I don't know if the Rams were ever Simone Biles level. I got to diss the Rams here. But I get what you mean. And and so exciting to be back in a room with so many people in it. Um, Simone Biles, this is obviously the biggest name in that room. Um, it sounds like people just went crazy every time she did anything. Oh, yeah. Every every time the announcer mentioned her name, every, every 
landing, every tumbling pass, every skill on the bars, on beam, people were just into it. They were paying attention. And I bounced around the crowd a little bit before, so outside when people were waiting to get in. And every single time I approached anybody, it was, who are you most excited to see? Simone, Simone, Simone. They wanted to see her floor. They wanted to see, to see her vault. They were just excited to see arguably the greatest gymnast who has ever touch the competition floor. And so she's been doing some moves lately that look like they're almost impossible, but she has pulled them off. There's this vault called the Yurchenko that got so much attention when she executed this. Did she attempt that here in St. Louis? Uh, No, she did not attempt that. She stuck with two of her uh, more staple vaults that she's been doing for the past four or five years. Uh, In the post-competition interviews last night, she had said that Her coach uh, had decided that they wouldn't go ahead with it just to protect uh, against injuries, to to stay healthy. Uh, But she did say that the plan is to compete these in Tokyo because that's that's the biggest stage. And this is the moment it really counts. Yeah. She knew she was going to make this Olympic team. Yes. I think yes. However, in, in most of these cases, the athletes don't want to say, well, of course, I knew I was going to. She's a she's a really uh, she's quite humble as a, as a competitor, very, very meticulous, very, very interested in performing at her best. And if uh, you were watching or if people were watching the second night of competition, she had a little bit of a, a few mistakes on on different events. And and the that weighs heavily on her. She was saying it. it's something that. Uh, She puts a lot of expectations on herself, a lot of pressure, trying to live up to what the outside world is placing on her and uh, was upset at at Mm. those mistakes. I I think that she knew that she was going to make the team, but of course, you never want to say anything for certain. And so she still finished top for the women, despite some of yeah. these these missteps. I mean, she's doing things with such a degree of difficulty. I imagine that even if she falls once or twice, what she's doing is, is still the best performance out there. Mm-hmm. Well, and what really sets her apart, besides the high degree of difficulty, is that she executes at a level that is above her competitors as well. So she's doing the hardest skills out there coming up with new harder skills that nobody has ever done before and is executing them uh, to near perfection. One of her uh, skills on floor, which includes two full flips and three twists in it, which is just, it's insane. It's insane. In, I think, night one and also in some of the warmups, she was doing that skill and sticking it on the floor, not moving. So going up maybe eight, 10 feet in the air and coming down and not moving. It's just incredible to see in person. It's incredible. I mean, just watching videos of her, I can't even imagine being there in person to see it. And I feel like St. Louis can kind of bask in some reflected glory, even beyond the Olympic trials here. She is dating a St. Louis guy. This is Jonathan Owens. He's a CBC grad. Got to address that high school question there. There's a photo of her circulating. She actually ate emos. She's one of us, Eric. I think she's a Texan through and through, <laughs> but well, maybe getting a little bit of flavor from St. Louis from from uh, who she's involved with in her life. But I, uh, 
that, that's something that you just told me today. I didn't uh, know that. You're, you're not up on the gossip, just up <laughs> on the gymnastics. Well, so one of the things that was very interesting about this trial to me is that, you know, we I always think of these teams that are going to the Olympics as being teams of seven. And I understand that the teams that were chosen yesterday, just five women, five men, a lot of alternates in there. Yeah. But when did the field shrink? So the field has been shrinking for over the past uh, 20 years, I would say. Uh, in 2004, they had probably about six or seven people. Same in, in uh, Beijing in 08. Then in 2012 and 2016 in London and Rio, they had teams of five and then a couple alternates to, to fill in if somebody would have an injury or would need to uh, not be able to compete. And the... Uh, the Gymnastics Federation, uh, it's called, the acronym is like FIG, they brought it down to four people in Tokyo. They're going to go back up to five for, for Paris. I, the, the reasoning that they've given, which is a little convoluted, is they wanted to make it so some of these uh, smaller countries or, or countries without as much depth as the United States, Russia, uh, China, those kinds of countries. They wanted to make sure that other countries, say Italy, UK, uh, the United Kingdom, they would have a better chance of performing well in the team competition. Hmm. But in talking with the reporters and talking with all the people who were there, the rules for this year really were quite convoluted and didn't make that much sense. They're going to go back up to five for next year. But the, the way that they uh, got around it was the... The team is four people, and then there are, on the women's side, there are two what they call event specialists. So those two people will be, compete, be competing in the Olympics, but they won't be competing in the team competition. They'll be able to compete for the indiv an individual spot in an event final. And so for the women, that's two additional ones because one, one gymnast uh, qualified individually through the World Cup series. And then on the men's side, that's one additional uh, who will be competing pommel horse. And uh, to answer the they have a lot of alternates. So they have a, a team of five alternates for the men and five alternates for the women. And that's mostly because of uh, concerns over the coronavirus. Mm. If one member of the team gets uh, sick and then has to quarantine, then that means that all of the people who they are, uh, the, the whole team has to be taken out because of those those different protocols. Boy, that would be a nightmare. Yeah, it really would be. But so they're surveying a lot of different scenarios. They mm -hmm. have different people ready, ready to go. And ready to step in if need be. Yeah. And and in, in many ways, I can see how this can be positive for some of the alternates because it, it means for someone who is not on that bubble of making the actual team, they're still considered, they're still going to Tokyo. They're mm -hmm. still an Olympian. Uh, so they're in many ways, the U.S. is sending more gymnasts to the Olympics this year, just not as many will be competing or officially competing unless they have to go into their bench of alternates. We're talking to St. Louis Public Radio reporter Eric Schmid. He was at the Olympic trials that set uh, attendance records this past weekend. We heard from a number of people on Facebook and Twitter who were there and just had the best time. Uh, Sarah wrote on our St. Louis on the Air Facebook page, I am here and it is incredible. The athletes are amazing and I love that it's a sporting event where I'm cheering for everyone. It's a different experience than attending a Cardinals game where I am rooting for a team and against another. Jeremy writes on Twitter, it was a privilege to see those 
those amazing athletes in person. I also liked that the dome had its usual concession areas, but also apparently subcontracted to Sugar Fire Smokehouse and High Point Diner for many of the stations. Nice local touch. The only complaint was I couldn't buy merch because of the long lines. So Eric, this is a great transition here. Um, enough about these athletes. How did St. Louis perform in its Olympic trial close-up? Uh, St. Louis it, it was incredible. Uh, I was speaking with Chris Roseman. He is the vice president of the St. Louis Sports Commission who helped get the event to come here for 2020. And it was supposed to be in the, at the Enterprise Center. That's where the where the Blues play, as I have learned since, live, since moving here. Um, and he told me about a, two months ago at the beginning of May. So this was back before the CDC came out and, and basically said, if you're vaccinated, you don't really need to have a mask in most situations. So before that came out, they were really concerned about how are we going to have this event? How are we going to do this? And they ended up moving from it, moving it from the Enterprise Center to the Dome at America Center uh, to have more ability to spread out people. And then the CDC rules came down and it kind of loosened everything up. So what he was saying is in about, they had about two months to pull this together, which is Hmm. a very, 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 very short amount of time to do that. And in many ways, it they executed it quite flawlessly. I mean, he he said we usually have a lot more lead time, and so ha- being able to to pull off this event, the trials there was there was also uh, USA Gymnastics uh, their Congress, which is their convention was was in the Dome at America Center. They had uh, rhythmic and acrobatic and trampoline gymnastics there too. So it was a huge event that they pulled off in a very very short amount of time, and. From the sounds of our listeners, it, it was a really great experience. And People were happy. I do have a clip here from Chris Roseman. Um, he seemed optimistic about the region's potential going forward to host these kind of events. There is a bid right now that we have to attract the 2024 U.S. Olympic trials for swimming. Going through this event and how this event sets up for us and how the seating works and how the suites work and how the operations work, really opened our eyes um, a little bit more as to how this could work. It's going to allow us to tweak our bid and really, really set it for success uh, to put together a successful bid for the Olympic trials in 2024. Uh, that, again, is Chris Roseman. He's the vice president of the St. Louis Sports Commission. So a really good weekend for the city, good weekend for some gymnasts. Um, Eric, sounds like you had a great time there. And we want to thank you for still having the energy to come in and join us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> That's uh, St. Louis Public Radio reporter Eric Schmid. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis.
Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.